Homestyle Green, episode 149. How do you make an energy-efficient home, regardless of the weather conditions, and at an affordable price? Well, check out this interview with Collective Carpentry. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. I was very pleased to get uh, contacted late last year, I think, by Rain Wardwell, who comes from Collective Carpentry, and he's based in Canada, and it gets pretty cold up there. It also gets pretty hot. They have a lot of variable weather conditions, but um, Rain and his mates at Collective Carpentry are able to pump out... Um, very high quality houses all year round, regardless of what the weather's doing outside. And they do this using a method kind of similar to some other things, some prefabricated methods that I've seen elsewhere, um, including here in New Zealand. Uh, one example comes to mind is um, Vicus Design, who I've actually interviewed on the show, um, Glenn Murdoch down in, in Christchurch. So it's very similar to that, and I love getting contacted by people who are doing great things in the world of high-performance building, and I just love this concept. I really think that this type of construction is uh, has a lot going for it and could solve a lot of our issues around performance, uh, but also around supply of good quality, good quality homes as well. Speaking of good quality homes, uh, this podcast is brought to us very much appreciative, appreciated by... Uh, Proclimber, and if you are looking at building a high performance home then you need to contact these guys because high performance means good insulation but also good air tightness there's no point in having a, a really thick woolly jumper on if the wind's going to whistle straight through it and that's where uh, building wraps and tapes and seals come into play and there's no better solution for that out there than Proclimber. so check them out Proclimber.com au if you're in Australia or proclimate.co.nz if you're here in New Zealand. Otherwise, just proclimate.com for their global site. Now, let's get stuck into this interview with Rain Water all the way from Canada. We have a bit of a chat where he is located. But I started out by asking Rain why he does what he does. I've been doing construction for, oh, geez, do the math here, <laughs> 17 years or something now. And um, I, I love it. It's a really fun job. Um, it's a very gratifying job and I get to work around a lot of good people. Yep. Um, when you say construction, you mean traditional, typical construction on, on building sites? Yeah. I, I started out doing timber framing. Mm -hmm. Um, so working out of a shop, doing hand cut timber frame stuff with heavy timber. Yep. And then moved into general construction, just you know, building houses, right? Yeah. Code. And then uh, a friend and I started Collective Carpentry seven years ago. And really at that point, we started focusing more on the high performance aspect of, of home construction. So I want to dive deeper into into why you took that, that fork in the road. But before we, we go there, um, describe to me uh, where you are. What does it look like? You, you said you before you're um, sort of between the office and the shop. Um, mm -hmm. what part of the country are you in? So we are in British Columbia. So we're in the, the interior of BC. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's you know it's a beautiful mountainous area uh, we live in a little the columbia river valley and um you know we're surrounded by ski hills and mountain bike trails and um you know warm summers and cold winters so we uh we build to suit in that in that realm you know yeah we're, we're fending off some some pretty heavy elements you know we like i say we do get fairly warm summers along with our cold canadian winters so what's warm look like uh uh in terms of temperature for summertime um, well warm you know we'll we'll get a couple of months where we're we, you know we'll hover around 30 degrees um celsius so it's it's warm yeah you know, and then not, and not but easy. and now you said it's hovering around zero right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which uh in a way is a little bit balmy for this time of year you know it, yeah. it can definitely dip down to uh minus 20 minus 25 at times and uh it gets it gets really cold um so yeah that's 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 the kind of stuff that we have to fend off it's it's pretty brutal at times yeah and you've got like you say sort of mountainous area sort of calgary up to calgary coming west it's sort of flattish and then you're mm-hmm. but you're in the in the more rugged mountainous area yeah exactly we're 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 flanked by the rockies and uh the purcells here so we're we're right in the mountains and like you say calgary is about three hours away from us and that's that's really the end of the plains as you come west um, yeah once you leave calgary it's we're we're into the mountains and bears um, bears yeah 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 <laughs> definitely yeah for sure awesome um yeah um bears and cougars and goats will have plenty of plenty of good wildlife around awesome yeah. And what's the building market like there? Like, uh, I imagine you're sort of off the beaten track a little bit inland there. Um, where, what, what's the state of the the building industry and, and the market for people building houses? Well, for us specifically, we are we are three hours away from Calgary, mm-hmm. and essentially we're the closest town that you can own property at that has a lake. So we end up turning into um, the playground for a lot of the Calgary people. They come right. they build build second house. Um, some of them are are quite a bit bigger than what I feel a, a family of four might need. Uh-huh. A- and, as uh huh. As a second house. As a second house, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and you know it's great for us. You know it, it provides a lot of jobs and it provides a lot of opportunity for us. Um, um, and it's, you know, it kind of, it drives some of the architecture as well. Right. You know, their houses meant for recreation and, and, and play. Which, and, and do you do mainstream construction as well? So people building their, their family home in, in and around the area that you're working in? Um, yeah, our, our company really takes on a, a good array of work. We'll, we'll do a lot of renovation work, certainly okay. through the, the winter season. Yeah. Um, and then um, new construction. Um, we've been fortunate enough to focus all of our new construction in the high performance realm lately. Yeah, that's, right. That's really the direction that we've headed. Is there any scope for the prefabrication in the renovation market? Uh, I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of the work that has come at us recently has been new construction. Yeah, but you know, as as you know, the the current housing stock 
is really lacking for energy performance. And um, I would like to think that there are better solutions than to just tear down these houses and start again. Um, I, I love hearing that because here in New Zealand, um, the the, peop, the perception is that that's a, it's a local problem, that it's our existing housing stock is really, really bad. But it's everywhere. It, oh, it really is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of a global problem. Yeah, really. yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we've uh, looked up to some people that have really they've attacked that problem pretty aggressively and and really solved these things. Um, you know, there are a bunch of different ways to go about it, and um, I wouldn't say anybody's really fully solved a specific way to do it. You know, there like I say with a lot of construction, there's a lot of different ways to go about these things, but yeah. Um, well, let's talk about some... your your particular solution. How have, how have you solved the performance issue? Well, um, you know, we with we really follow the, the passive house principles. Mm-hmm. So um, we're we're focusing on increasing the insulation of the walls and roof. We're focusing on uh, getting really good windows and doors. And yep. we're focusing on the air tightness. Why so, did you go down that path? Um, uh, it you know, in in hindsight, it seems like a really easy path to go down. Um, <laughs> now now that we're down this path, right? Um, it's it, you know, we there are a couple of different programs in Canada that that promote uh, more sustainable building. There's the R two thousand program, and there's Built Green, um, and they're good programs. You know, they 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 take a building beyond code and they highlight some of the problems that are out there. Um, but to us, when we were looking at these programs, it really seemed like passive house was, it was the gold standard. They, they took it all the way and it was a very quantifiable solution. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones, they pushed you in a certain direction, but they didn't really mandate certain things. Yeah. Um, unlike passive house, which you really, you really designed to meet a certain criteria, and yeah. and that seemed really appealing to us. So uh, we've talked a bit about that in the in on the show, so we don't need to go into a lot of detail. But basically, we're talking point three air changes. Point six, yeah. Sorry, point six. Point yeah. <laughs> six air changes. <laughs> I'll go um, for point three anytime. That's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. Do you get down there? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We've. Yeah, we've tested we've tested just about every house that we've done in the past five years. Yeah, um, every structure. I'll say we even tested a garage at one point. Nice. Um, and yeah, um, we're consistently below 0.6, which feels really good. Um, and then also maintaining uh, internal temperatures and surface temperatures. Yeah, yeah, a lot of you know the reduced thermal bridging and and just kind of you know shooting for the general comfort that everybody seems to not understand that they can get out of a building and 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 main, doing all that with very low energy requirements for the whole house yeah yeah exactly um and you know i think that that's that's appealing for some people but um other times it turns into a comfort question and i think that one is a little bit more of an intangible but um has a greater benefit to people once they can fully understand it. Is comfort the primary driver? Where does health come into that? Um, I think 
um, as far as kind of a good talking point to customers, I, I, I like to bring up the comfort first. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, you know, and I think that the the health is just a a great side benefit of it. Um, we haven't had any of our customers come to us complaining about interior air quality or yeah. or mold specifically. Um, yeah, but like I say, the the principles that we follow can solve those problems just as a good byproduct. Now, you were chief passive house in a. I was going to say non-standard, but a different way from just um, stick construction with with uh, timber framing. You your whole company is um, built around offsite prefabrication. Is that is that correct? That's that's exactly it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So uh, as well as why? So you've chosen the, the high performance homes. You've seen the sort of gap in the market or the the need to make homes better why did you choose the the prefabricated um, method rather than doing everything on site like you I, I'm assuming that was the way that you learnt in your 17 years of experience <laughs> well yeah um, I, I think going going back through the 17 years there was that time that I spent timber framing uh-huh. and um, that was done out of a shop and I saw how easy things could be and how efficient things could be when you worked in a controlled environment. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we fight the cold here a lot and people say, Oh, it's really hard to build in the winter. You know, it's all cold, but at the same time, it can be challenging to build in the summer. You know, I, 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 I don't do well in excessive heat and I don't yeah. think other people do that well either. Well, and timber so, doesn't do well in excessive heat either. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, <laughs> we're, we're dealing with people and materials yeah. and, um, any sort of harsh environment is tough on both of them. Yeah. So, you know, getting us inside into a nice controlled environment and then um, working a lot of nice repetition into our system, it allows us to be comfortable and really productive. Which begs the question, why doesn't everyone do it this way? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think at some point every, everyone will. Uh-huh. Um, you think that's you know, the, way, the way the industry is going? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't, I can't think of any other item that's manufactured out of a factory. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, we're, we're building houses. These are families' biggest investments and, and they're put together in such an archaic way at times. It's, it's, it's kind of too bad. And it's kind of scary when we see some of the things that get put together. Um, in the way that they are, um, yeah, it just, it's kind of, uh, it's unfortunate. And I think it's, and I don't, you know, I don't kind of look at other people and, and blame them for that. It's, it's really just, it's the industry as a whole is really, it's about a hundred years behind the times. Yeah. 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 I, I, I really, I would think that Henry Ford could, uh, <laughs> he could teach us a lot and he has, it's just our poor construction industry hasn't hasn't caught on to what he what he brought around. So describe your uh, standard process for producing a house. Do you have clients who come to you directly, or do they come via a, a designer? Uh, we get a bit of both. Yeah. Um, locally, a lot of the projects are 
uh, homeowner driven. Mm-hmm. So they'll come to us and we'll either work with uh, a local designer or uh, occasionally we'll do the design ourselves. Um, yeah. I wouldn't call us designers, but we certainly can tackle um, some pretty straightforward stuff. So can you take a design from an architect that is just doing a, doing their thing as an architect and um, create your create that house using your system or do they need to start the design process with your system in mind? Well, uh, it, we, we can adapt a design as long as the walls are thick enough. Um, uh, right. That, that would be about the only thing that we have a hard time overcoming. Um, so if they've designed it to within an inch, inch of uh, tolerances and um, and sizes mm-hmm. for a for a standard, what would a standard be? A four uh, four inch two, wall. Two yeah, two by six here. Yeah. 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 And and what, what's your what's your thickness of your walls? Our our smallest wall would be twelve inches. Right. So that would yeah. <laughs> twice and, the size standard. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Um, and, and for us, that's just the entry point. That's where we feel like the conversation should start. Right. Um, and, and is that, that's because of the volume of insulation that you're putting in there? Yeah. And, and just the buildup that we like to use. Um, right. Yeah. So it's, um, it is, it is possible to, to adapt some designs and, and kind of depending what we want to do, sometimes we can just expand the actual footprint just a little bit to right. allow for our walls. Yeah. Um, but it is really nice when an architect comes to us and they have that nice 12 inch, 14 inch thick wall on the outside and, and we can just do our thing with it. Right. Right. Yeah. So you do sort of detailed design construction drawings and then what happens? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get a set of plans and then at that point, um, our designer, Jan, will, will use a program called CADWORK and he'll build the shop drawings for us. So that is a 3D model of the whole project broken up into its individual panel components. Um, and from that, that really gives us uh, a roadmap for how we're going to build each one of the panels that comes through the shop. Right, so that becomes your building process. Is that is creating and putting together those panels as opposed mm-hmm. to doing a, a slab and then doing all the walls and then doing the the trusses and the, and the framing and the, and the siding and everything. You, you're building a set of of panels. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. In a typical house. We're looking at twenty five to forty panels. Um, it'll usually fit on a couple of semi trucks, right? Below like fifty-three foot trucks, and um, you know, it it'll move through the shop in three, maybe five weeks, depending on the size of the project. That's um, pretty short time frame. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it, you know, it's 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 amazing. It's it's like I say, it's just so much fun in the shop um, to be able to to come here every day to know exactly what we're coming up against and to be able to get as much work done every day as we can. Yeah. Regardless um, of what the weather's doing outside. 
yeah, yeah. We we try not to be too smug about it. <laughs> you know, there there are plenty of times where uh, we'll have the doors open and um, we're in here smiling away while it's raining or snowing or you know yeah too hot to function outside and we're just you know it's a steady twenty degrees in here and we're we're doing what we do every day. Nice. Yeah. How how big is your team now? Uh, there are four of us. Um, so three carpenters and one, one designer slash carpenter. And, so and I a, think it's that's a small team. Yeah, it's a small team, but that's really exciting for me because I see some of the argument for this level of prefabrication, uh, as being a high cost of entry and really hard to set up a whole, cause you've got to set up a whole factory, but mm-hmm. you describe it as a, as a workshop and you've just got three carpenters there which is a, a standard um, building team really um, but you just brought them inside into a big shed rather than doing it doing out on the building site so was there what was the hardest part of changing from standard practice to doing what you do um, I think the hardest part was just overcoming some of the some of the things that we didn't expect to come at us um, yeah because it forces us to learn a bunch of things that you normally wouldn't learn as a carpenter. Um, what were some examples of, of things you didn't expect? Um, well, I, I feel like we, we knew the design end was going to have to expand from, from a standard carpentry crew. Uh-huh. We were, we were lucky enough to, to um, bring on a guy, Yan, who was really great with the CAD work and, and had some good experience with that. So that one, that problem was solved pretty easily. Um, some of the other things are, are kind of the shipping and, and material movement logistics. Um, we're dealing with really, really big, fully insulated, really heavy walls. So just moving them around and, and, and kind of getting them around the shop, around our yard is challenging. Right. Plus, plus, um, because once you put the thing together, I imagine it's quite heavy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of insulation in there and, and, uh, and you know, as, as it's, it's, uh, it's kind of ungainly to move around. Mm, um, mm. the other challenge would be shipping. Um, you know, where it's not a, a standard problem that a carpenter has to overcome of just actually getting these panels onto a truck and tarping them and getting them to the site. Um, that, that problem although we had some great help, came with a few challenges on its own. Yeah, because I guess rather than doing lots of small trips to pick up individual products materials or have them delivered to site, you're bundling all that up more or less in, in one load, aren't you, and and doing it en masse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. a bigger truck and a bigger bigger um, project. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... You know, to to date, we've been able to fit all of our projects on on no more than two trucks. Right. Um, so, in in a way, that's not too bad. You know, <laughs> you know, if you think of the number of deliveries that would come to yeah. a standard job site, you know, we're looking at a couple dozen probably yeah, of yeah. a truck of a similar size. Um, so I imagine we're able to just do it in a couple. I can see that the the key skill. Uh, in all this process that's different from a standard would be that, that critical design step of taking your concept plan, your floor plan, and pan, 
penalizing it on paper yeah. and, and and creating though that modular um form because i i guess he's got to also take into account the tolerances for your truck and and the sizes that you can actually build and, and also figure out how all those parts are going to fit back together again so you mentioned that that you you um overcame that relatively easily because you found the right person yeah yeah exactly and, and it was it was uh it was nice to overcome that stuff quickly on yeah. the first project yeah because i imagine for others wanting to go down this path or as the industry moves in this direction that's going to be a key a key skill to uh to fulfill or, or find people who can transition towards doing that and from taking a, a plan and and um penalizing it yeah and and then it, it comes down to some some more detail stuff like, you know how much of a tolerance do we want to keep between panels and mm. and then how how do those um how do those joints get air um kind of air sealed after the fact or brought together in the way that that they need to in order to to give a long lasting structure so did you um, so all those sorts of details have you had to figure that out as you've gone along or were there other people doing similar things that you could learn from um we're yeah we're definitely figuring some of these things out but um you know the internet's a beautiful thing. There are a lot of <laughs> answers out there that we that we can look at. Yeah. I, you know, more and more we find ourselves looking at the background of photos, just trying to figure out how other people did it. You know, right. Looking <laughs> looking over someone's shoulder on Google Image to to figure nice. out nice. W- what they did and yeah, what, maybe yeah. what they didn't do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and just in terms of the performance, you've you've mentioned really high levels of insulation. Um, You've got on your images. I can see some uh, some wrap. So you you've got some uh, quite a few layers. I imagine go into these uh, these panels. You got an air tightness layer through the through the panel, mm-hmm. or is there more than one air tightness layer? Well, um, it it kind of depends on what um, what wall buildup we're using. So we've used two different wall buildups. Okay. Um, one, one we prefer over the other just because it works really nicely with mm-hmm. our manufacturing process. Um, generally we'll have an interior OSB layer that's right. taped. Um, yep. pretty, pretty standard passive house detail. Mm-hmm. And then we'll use an exterior membrane. Um, Sometimes it's just a reinforced membrane. Sometimes it's uh, a normal membrane over top of wood fiberboard. Right. Um, yeah. So we've we've had really good luck with the Proclima line of products. Um, they're, nice. Yeah, they stand up really nicely, and we have great customer support from the the team at Four Seven Five that we buy it from. I've had the guys from Four Seven Five on the show. Oh, great! Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've, like I say, they've been a great help to us um yeah just a a really good knowledge base and and amazing customer service and i think that's Um, key with this uh early adopters like yourselves who are are bringing these technologies to market and or or making use of them that there is a lot of figuring things out as you go and and it's really important to have good suppliers like that who who are prepared to to provide that um, assistance mm -hmm. as you go yeah yeah like i say they're they're a great team um They've they've answered a lot of our questions and, yeah. and lightly uh, nudged us in the right direction quite a few times. 
How far are you shipping? What's the furthest you've uh, shipped your uh, houses? Uh, I would say our, our, our shipping radius is about nine or ten hours. Um, okay. Which is good for us. It, yeah. it opens up um, three um, really big Canadian markets, so Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that nine hours, there are, there are a couple of big U.S. cities as well. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah. you're getting into Washington. Well, Washington State, or yeah, yeah, Washington, uh, Montana, and Idaho are yeah, yeah. all all within reach of us. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and they have a growing um, high performance market down there too. So it's um, it's something that we're certainly going to look into tapping into. Certainly with their their economy doing well and our our dollar going in the direction that it is, it, it makes a lot of sense to go south of the border. And what does the future hold? Uh, do you think you have you got some you got lots of waters on on the books, or where do you see the company going? Um, yeah, more and more. You know, it's it's really encouraging to to see the email inbox fill up and the and the phone really start ringing for these things. Nice. Um, you know, we're we're a, we're small, um, and sometimes it feels like it's hard for us to get noticed, but. Yeah. Um, as as we do more projects and as we kind of tenaciously get our name out there, um, the phone does ring a lot more. So yeah, um, I don't think we're we're super eager to 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 grow the bigness into grow the business into a, a massive Goliath at any time soon. I think the the biggest objective for us is just to keep keep doing a few really good projects every year. Yeah. Um, because the way it's, I see it, you're growing a company, but you're also helping um, spawn a, a, a movement or a, a change in um, performance of houses, but also the way those houses are constructed, like you, you mentioned, uh, Henry Ford, and that sort of revolution, I think, is starting to happen. So I think you, you're hopefully part of something much bigger than than just collective carpentry. <laughs> uh, although <laughs> well, I, I yeah. wish collective carpentry were the best, um, <laughs> you know, to become as big as you want. But um, you know, I I see this type of construction really uh, being just making so much sense and and being um, able to be done anywhere really and and by anyone. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. It's, I, I I'm. You know, as much as I want our business to to really thrive and do well, um, at the same time, if if a big company came along and did a thousand houses of what we do every year, mm-hmm. that wouldn't bother me too much either. Yeah, just because you know we are just trying to make our industry better and to build people better houses that they're more comfortable in. Awesome. Um, hey, know, before we, you go, um, yeah. I have to ask you about cost. What's the and I guess this question comes up quite a lot. Um, how does the cost of construction compare to standard construction? Um, oh, you know, it's it's such a tough question to answer because yeah. <laughs> um, if we're going to compete against a, a code built leaky two by six wall, mm-hmm. then our cost is more. You know, yeah, it's, it's going to be more. We we provide a much better product. Um, yeah. But I know that we're cost competitive against the same product built on site. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's we, it's not like we've had a, a a project where we get to be right next door to someone building on site. But 
when we do the math and we figure the numbers, um, we're right on par with, with site building a, a comparable product. So yeah. Yeah. that's, it's really encouraging for us to be able to do what we do and, and still beat someone that's been established for, you know, an industry that's been established for as long as it has. Yeah. And I've heard others say similar things that it is, it, you're not comparing apples and apples. If you try and compare your homes to a standard, like you, <laughs> That's a good description of a leaky cold two by six frame. Um, yeah, you you you've got to compare two different things. There's the 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 level of performance that you're getting, and then there's the construction methodology. So um, yeah, you've got to choose what you're comparing against. And and like I say, the it it seems that the method of construction is proven now to be more effective, more efficient, um, and just all all around better than than doing it the, the more traditional way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, fun too. It's fun. <laughs> and it's, I, love, I love the image of you guys just having a good time out there when it's snowing or, or when it's beating down with, in the sun and, and you go happily whistling away. Yeah. Got the sounds, got the sounds blaring. Spotify on in the background. <laughs> yep. Um, Hey, Rain, where can people find out about you and uh, get in touch if they want to? Um, check us out on our website, uh, collectivecarpentry.com. We're on Twitter at Invermere Builder. Yep. Uh, um, we're on Facebook. We have on Instagram. Um, awesome. Yeah, we're pretty easy to find if, if you Google us. I will link there. those up so people can check them out because you've got some great images and it's helpful to kind of visualize uh, what the system looks like and, and how it all comes together. So we'll put some we'll put, um, put those links up so people can find you. Yeah, that's great. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much for your time, Rain. Really appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with Rain Wardwell. I'd love to get your comments and feedback. You can contact me, as always, Matthew at homestylegreen.com. Love to also get your rating and review over in iTunes. Uh, leave an honest rating there. really helps me uh, get some good feedback, and it helps more people find this podcast and spread the word about building better places to live. Thank you very much. This is Matthew Cutler-Welsh for Homestyle Green. Now go make a better place to live.